Hello and welcome to the Daily Royal. My name is Shelby and I have been a royal watcher for the past 10 years. In this podcast, I talk about the daily events of seven of the European monarchies. So I talk about Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. I upload Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes here and there. Today we are going to be talking about all of the events from Thursday, July 15th, and today, Friday, July 16th of 2021. So, I had made the commitment that I was going every other day, right, this week. Uh, Keeping it pretty chill, just like what needed to happen, right? And then yesterday was very busy, which is totally fine. And a lot of it we'll talk about was unexpected. Um, and so this is probably going to be a bit of a longer episode. I will still try and keep it, uh, under 45 minutes and, uh, we'll go from there. I will say next week for sure is at least every other. Um, and then I would say after next week, we'll probably jump to weekly, um, updates for the summer. So, um, I want to start with this really horrible thing that is going on that is affecting, uh, the Belgian Royal family and the Dutch Royal family. Um, and if you're unaware, uh, there are some pretty horrible floods in Germany and Belgium and the Netherlands and Luxembourg that, Um, People are dying and being misplaced and homes are being destroyed. Um, And it's really unprecedented and, um, of course, and it's awful. Um, And so this is, you know, a a thing that will happen in the world because climate change is real and uh, things like this unprecedented kind of flooding happen. Um, and you know, when, when I thought about this podcast, when I started it, um, this is one of those things that like, I never really thought about in doing like Royal news daily updates, um, is obviously, real life happens and real life tragedies happen. Um, and so it's just really hate seeing bad things happen in the world. That's what this all really boils down to. Um, it just is really sad. Um, so over the past couple of days, uh, King Philippe and Queen Matilde, as well as King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima, visited various regions throughout their countries, uh, respective countries, to learn more, to provide support um, during this really trying, challenging, pretty terrible time. Um, and that's that's what it is. I mean, it's a natural disaster brought on by climate change, but still an act of nature. Um, and so this goes back to 
you know, how we talk about royals responding to crisis and really rough, terrible things, um, and like what the role of the royals are. So I think it's, it's twofold. I think they have a responsibility to be, um, as clued in and up to date as possible, which both royal couples have done. Um, so Willem Alexander and Maxima yesterday did a helicopter um, flyover of the area to see the devastation from the sky to get an aerial view. Um, and then they did land in the province of Limburg where they walked the streets um, as much as they could and um, speak with people and just learn about the efforts for the cleanup um, as well as, you know, hear the really terrible, not hopeful stories um, because it's too new to be hopeful. Um, and then the same with King Philippe and Queen Mathilde. Yesterday they visited a shelter um, where people had evacuated to um, and had a brief meeting on the really uh, on the efforts, the rescue efforts, and the um, I'm going to use the word damage control. Um, which I'm using in like a positive light, like, uh, the people who are cleaning up and making sure that as many people as possible are safe and alive and found, um, and that process. Um, and then today they visited an additional province, um, that has been one of the worst um, and they just walked around and they talked to people about the situation, situation, um, and, you know, walking in depths of water that are pretty unimaginable. Um, it just is going to be a lot. Um, so Belgium is one of the countries, Belgium and Germany have been decidedly by, I don't know, the world. <laughs> I don't know what makes them, uh, experience this worse, but they have definitely, uh, those two countries have had the worst of it. Um, and so additional royals are sending their thoughts, um, Queen Margrethe today expressly sent to Chancellor Merkel of Germany and King Philippe um, her sympathies. Um, the Duke of Cambridge today tweeted out about it, uh, that the sites from the Benelux Germany floods are uh, horrible and that his, his thoughts are with everyone and the victims and those who are missing. Um, and I suspect we'll see more in the coming days. Uh, Belgium has announced a national day of mourning 
uh, which will take place on July 20th, which is the day before National Day. Uh, they also announced that National Day celebrations will be scaled down. Uh, it is unclear what that meant. I hadn't read a lot about National Day celebrations in general yet, um, but we'll certainly see what that brings next week as the National Day for Belgium is July 21st. Um, so it's just not a fun way to start off this this episode, but also hugely important. Um, and I have put a, uh, a stop, sort of, to being overly political. Um, but I do want to say in this situation, this is because of climate change. Belgium, Germany, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg don't just flood for no reason. This is climate change. And we all need to realize that and invest in ways to start combating it rapidly. Because this is awful. And forest fires that are lasting longer and more destructive than ever all of those things we can stop and reverse at some point, but we have to do the thing. Please research how you can make an impact on climate change. Research, uh, reach out to companies that are causing the most harm, um, but do as much as you can too. Uh, don't just say this problem is too big. Like, if we all said that, of course it is. But if we all take little actionable steps, things do get better. Um, so, soapbox moment over. Um, so now we are going to jump in. We've talked about the events in Belgium. So we are going to move over now to the British royal family. It has been expectedly quiet uh, in the British royal family. I fully knew that this was about when this would start happening. Um, I did not expect the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall to work as much as they have this week. That was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, but I expect things will continue to slow down in due course. Um, so t yesterday... The Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall visited the Great Yorkshire Show, which uh, is a way to highlight agriculture and rural life in England throughout Yorkshire, but also throughout the country. So I don't know, obviously, where everyone's from. I have demographics, but that doesn't super help. Um, but I am from, I don't live there now, but I am from an incredibly small farm town in Ohio. Um, and we always, you know, the, the agriculture fair was like the big thing. Um, you know, we did future farmers of America, like 
rural life and agriculture life and rural fairs like this where livestock and um, poultry and kind of everything is being shown off um, and making it accessible and fun to see. Uh, this was like a normal part of my childhood. Um, I personally did not raise animals. My best friend had cows and pigs. My family had cows and pigs. Um, I did not. I was like, I was the city girl. I grew up in this town center essentially. Um, but like I was the city girl of our family, but I would, you know, help with my family's pigs and cows and my best friend's pigs and cows. And this was just like a normal part of my life. So the great Yorkshire show reminded me a lot of that time growing up. Um, it was just really interesting to see it that way. And so the, they visited different like areas. Um, there seemed to be some dog showing happening, which is something that I did not do or knew of um, in my childhood that I think is a very British thing. But the whole thing was just very reminiscent of the way, like, I lived my childhood um, and knew of and um, felt very normal until I left that town. And uh, now it's nice to drive through and see all the farms, but I uh, am very happy to leave um, and come back to the city. So that was the main event um, publicized. Today, They, the royal family social media shared that over the past few days, Queen Elizabeth has been partaking in conversations um, with young Commonwealth leaders who run organizations like nonprofits that are supported by the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. Um, there haven't been um, I'm about to check the court circular for the past two days, but up until then, there hadn't been any um, reporting of that. So I'm not sure if that's just happened really yesterday or what was going on. Um, it, they were lovely, but I, I, I don't have a ton of context other than what I just gave you, which is fine. Um, so I'm going to look at yesterday's. And there is uh, nothing there for Queen Elizabeth other than... Uh, it's not even her doing it. Um, it she sends the marshal of the diplomatic corps to basically have a meeting for a farewell audience. Um, so that was like she does not do the farewell audiences like some royals do. Um, she will only do the letters of credence. Um, and then we have the Great Yorkshire Show, and then at Kensington Palace, the Duke of Cambridge. Uh, held a meeting for the Earthshot Prize, which uh, I expect like those meetings will pretty much stay on the court circular. But I don't like I like I mentioned last weekend. I don't expect to see the Duke or Duchess of Cambridge till uh, mid to late August or early September. Um, so, again, we'll see. Um, okay, and then. Today on the court circular, so mm, 
nothing was really happening on uh, the social media front, the in-public, in-person appearances. Um, but behind the scenes at Clarence House, the Prince of Wales held a meeting with representatives from the Duchy of Lancaster, the Crown Estate, the Duchy of Cornwall, and the Church, uh, the Church Commissioners for England and the National Trust for Places of Historic Interest or nat Natural Beauty. Um, I... I don't know what that means. Um, and then it's interesting, we have a change in title. Um, so then we go, His Royal Highness, the Duke of Cornwall, this afternoon held a duchy land stewards meeting. So this was like in his capacity as Duke of Cornwall. Um, I don't know. But anyway, those were the two things happening there. Not a ton, but certainly a few more events than I was anticipating. Um, so that is what was going on in the UK over the past couple of days. Um, and so now we are going to move over to the Danish royal family. Denmark, the past couple of days have actually been marked by um, a visit from Queen Margrethe to the Faroe Islands. So this is something that I haven't really talked about too much um, because there hasn't been a need for it. So I want to give like a little bit of context and then go into the, the daily schedules. Um, So Queen Margrethe, or Denmark, Queen Margrethe specifically, is the head of state for more than just the country of Denmark. She is the head of state for the Faroe Islands and Greenland as well. Um, they are not Danish, they are their own thing, but Queen Margrethe is the head of state of them, much like Queen Elizabeth is the head of state for Commonwealth countries like Canada, and, you know, they make... The Faroe Islands and Greenland make their own governing decisions, uh, but they do have Queen Margrethe as head of state. Um, and so, much like when Commonwealth tours will happen, it is normal for there to be summer tours to the Faroe Islands and Greenland by the Danish royal family. Last year, because of pandemic, those did not happen. Um, I think last year was like a scheduled Greenland visit, um, by Margrethe and, um, but like they happen pretty frequently in the summer. It's kind of like we have Scotland week and Wales week and, um, in the British Royal family where they'll go to different parts of the United Kingdom, um, and spend a week and take on engagements and just be a physical presence on the country or region, I, I think, I, country, I don't know, I'm very sorry, I'm probably 
called things the wrong thing right there. I'm very sorry. Um, but this is, this was really interesting. They s had scheduled it. So I've, I've, it's been on the calendar for a little while. Um, and I, they didn't really announce the, the schedule of events until like a couple days before. Um, there weren't, there's not a lot of press coverage to my knowledge, which is logical to me, um, given that we're in a pandemic, um, and it, it is seeming to be a big deal to the people on the islands, but, uh, that, that's maybe it, or maybe that's just the way I am looking at it because I, I've never had to, uh, look at, uh, Faroe Islands news, uh, before. So it, it, it is a, a thing, um, that is well received. So we'll talk about a little bit about the scheduled events. I am, uh, pretty terrible with pronunciation. I think I have mentioned that before. Um, and so I'm going to be very <laughs> non-committal to uh, city names and uh, we're just going to move past it because I, this is like a personal thing, but I get like very self-conscious when I say something wrong. Um, it's just something that I don't handle well. I don't like to, uh, I have a huge fear of embarrassment, which is really interesting for someone who puts a podcast up literally every day and has embarrassed themselves many a time. But that was a growth experience. And for some reason, saying something wrong uh, and feeling that feeling uneducated is not a good thing for me. So I just don't do it. Uh, that's why I don't pronounce a lot of things. I don't always talk about uh, region names unless it's in a language and a region that I can pronounce. Um, it's just, it's hard for me. So sorry. Um, so t yesterday, Queen Margaretha started the week long visit to the Faroe Islands. She arrived by the Royal yacht, um, to a welcome ceremony at the port of Torshon. Um, and then so the welcome ceremony was there. It looked wonderful. Um, seriously, we need to just make uh, all of these photos like tourism shots because it just is so quintessential Nordic. Um, like arriving, and maybe it's because it's arriving to a dock or, you know, something like that. But it's just, it's so bizarre to just see all these sailboats and it's all very like Scandinavian looking and pretty and you know just make them all the tourism ads. Um, so that was the start of the visit. Uh, the remainder of the day she visited the Parliament Center for the islands. I there aren't a ton of pictures of this. There is a, a picture of like a meeting with Queen Margrethe and various representatives of the parliament, the way, and this is a Google Translate thing, I am sure, 
or I guess I'm not sure, I assume, um, is the parliament seems to be, uh, the, the chairs set up and what they Google and the royal household together combined called the parliament meeting room. There were six chairs. Uh, so I'm not sure if that is the entirety of the parliament of the Faroe Islands, but I found it very funny, uh, nonetheless, to only have six chairs. Um, because it just looks silly. Um, I now have to know if there are how many members of the Faroe Island Parliament there are. Okay, so there are more than six. Uh, but like, I would say between 25 to 45 members. I'm not going to go through and count all of them, but there are, there are some, it's a smaller membership. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Here you go. 33 members. There we go. Wikipedia for the win. So that was the first part of the official schedule after the welcome. Um, and then she was also, uh, part of the official welcome dinner where she gave a speech as well as the, um, prime minister person. Yes. Um, so that is the first day. Uh, today was day two, um, and Queen Margrethe visited, from what I can tell, two different towns. Uh, first she visited Sivinoy, Sivinoy, uh, where she partook in a couple of different events. Um, she viewed a sculpture called a, the Drop in the Sea of Life, um, which honors uh, people who have died at sea or are lost at sea, I guess, is the appropriate way to say that. Um, she also had a meeting with a priest about living in, the, uh, specifically living in Sivinois. Now I said it French. I've, I've said it six different ways. This is why I'm like self-conscious about it. Um, and so she was able to learn more about life in the area. And then she also visited a town that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I'm very sorry. I will have the town written um, in the description on the website, thedailyroyal.com. So you can definitely check it out there. Um, it's just, I'm not going to because the word that would end up coming out of my mouth uh, it would not be pretty. Uh, so we're just not going to do that and put myself through that, um, because it's crazy. But like I said, it will be in the description, uh, that I put up with the pictures of the visit. However, during that part of the day, um, she was present for a concert from a horn orchestra accompanied by a local choir. Um, she visited a culture house for local artists. Uh, she also visited a local school and then visited a museum, uh, or mm, maybe not 
it looks like a museum, but it's an art exhibition piece. I apologize. Um, it just looked like a museum, but museums and art galleries look very similar to me. So, um, sorry about that, but it was an art exhibition, uh, focused on life in the Faroe Islands. Um, so that was lovely and wonderful. I really, for me, am just truly enjoying the pictures and the tours, like the, uh, the wanderlust in me is blinking rapidly because this place looks so beautiful. I wonder what kind of COVID rates they have. Genuine question. Not going to research it now, but genuine question. Um, so anyway, that is what was going on in Denmark. So now we are moving on to the Dutch royal family. have been a bit of a whirlwind in the Netherlands. Uh, it's just been a really in intense news cycle for the Dutch royal royals. So um, we're just going to kind of do this in as chronological order as we can. Yesterday, Queen Maxima attended the opening of the, what I think is the first steel 3D printed foot bridge uh, in Amsterdam. So a little bit of context here. Amsterdam, the Netherlands really, but Amsterdam specifically is a city of canals. Um, and so there are, there's a canal and there's waterways everywhere and bridges um, everywhere. And it is a it's amazing how cool this bridge is. So this bridge was, like I said, printed, uh, 3D printed out of steel, which is so cool. Um, it's like a smart bridge. It has sensors and all kinds of things on it. It was very fancy. Um, so she opened that bridge. She was able to talk with the designers, the builders, uh, local residents, um, all focused on the bridge. However, um, very shortly after that, it was announced that uh, the Dutch journalist uh, Peter R. De, De Vries sadly did not make it um, and passed away after being, um, well, now after being executed, um, but shot last last week uh, in Amsterdam. Um, and so the initial thought was the royal family would release a statement, um, but then, then the flooding happened. Um, so then they, uh, went and visited the province of Limburg, which we have already talked about. Um, and then today in like a weird transition to like a new day life goes on kind of thing uh they held their summer photo session and it was of course background in all of this tragedy um and so the summer photo session was lovely um the this is an annual thing for 
the Dutch royal family, they do photo sessions um, so that the Dutch press can continue to see the girls, uh, but also give them as much privacy as they can. Um, so this is this is something that has really been kind of the norm uh, since now the Duke of Cambridge and Duke of Sussex after Diana passed away, um, the access to them changed. And so this is kind of the new normal. Um, it's expected that royal children are given privacy um, and not exposed to a ton of press and paparazzi and things that uh, younger children used to be, younger royal children used to be, um, you know, the generation of, the, the younger generation of kings now that we're seeing um, and crown princes, princes and princesses were very much raised in the spotlight. Um, and that is not the case for their children. Their children have been, I would say, raised pretty far removed from the spotlight as you can be given the nature of the rest of their lives. So this is what the Dutch royal family does. They do the summer photo session and typically will do a winter photo session in Austria on their winter skiing holiday in February. Um, this has changed a little bit as the girls are getting older. You know, we see them at King's Day and things like that, but this is still something that they do as a family every year. Um, it's also a chance for Willem Alexander and Maxima to talk um, with the press and kind of give updates. Um, and so that is, of course, what happened today. Um, they talked about the journalism, the journalist, uh, and how they as a family personally reacted to it and um, the shock and outrage of someone who is doing their job uh, to get murdered in a country like the Netherlands. Um, you know, it, it's really hard to, to see that anywhere, um, but especially in countries that are so democratic and... Uh, first world um, countries that like this shouldn't happen um, and especially in the Netherlands where like it's so open and honest and all of that but um, you know really terrible things can still happen and so they talked about their shock at that um, they talked about the girls and their next steps uh, with Amalia going on to her gap year whatever that may be um, I don't know how much of that they're honestly going to release because it is her private like time um in terms of this is a, a chance for her to this is her chance to live as normal of a life as possible um and with Alexia going to Wales next year for uh, uh school at the United World College in Wales um they talked about that you know they, it's just a way to talk about experiences over the past typically six-ish months since we've seen them last um 
but of course it's a pandemic year so everything's a little bit different um i did they they went with like a a bright colored theme this year which was um fine and wonderful but definitely not my favorite um i'm a sucker for like the blue and white aesthetic that they went with last year and uh this year just did not live up to that the interactions are amazing somehow these like we just saw them in may i think was the last time but it feels like they were just even more grown up and more adult and like that's the crazy wonderful part of this this generation kind of growing up is every time you see them it's something different it seems like um so that is the summer photo session you know it was something I was really looking forward to at the beginning of the week but like with everything that's happened in the past couple of days it just it felt really weird I'm not gonna lie it just felt like a really weird time to have a photo session like that um but anyway that's how it goes um and so with that we are going to move over now to the spanish royal family Spain the past two days have been uh, pretty steady. I will say, so they release their calendar every Friday. Next week, I think they're like almost going to be cooperative with this every other day schedule that I have set myself up with um, because, man, there's just, there's really not a lot <laughs> going on next week that is any kind of exciting um, until really next Sunday, the 25th. So, like over a week from now, um, which is fine. It will fit in with my schedule very nicely. Just, just saying. Um, so yesterday, King Felipe and Queen Letizia attended a, um, remembrance ceremony or a, uh, ceremony in honor of the victims of COVID-19 as well as, um, a recognition for public health care in Spain, like public health care workers and the healthcare system in general um, throughout all of Spain. And so this is something that happened last year in a, just about this time, actually a year ago today, um, that they attended as well as the their daughters. Um, and it was... A little premature, I, I think. Um, but I also think it speaks to Spain's general everything and that this is how the country kind of moved forward. However, it leads to increases in cases and things like that because people are like, oh, well, we've honored the victims. It's over. Um, but I guess at the announcement of the event last year... Um, it was announced that it would they would like for it to be a yearly thing. I missed that last year. 
Um, so I was really shocked when I saw it on the calendar last week for this week to have something similar. Um, I will say this year was a little more hopeful. Um, it was a really interesting, like, contrast. Um, because of course you're, you're mourning people who have passed. Um, and it's really sad. And, um... And at the same time, you know, there's this uptick in things are getting better and vaccinations are widely available at this point in Spain. Um, not for everyone yet, but pretty close. Uh, like, it's just, it works. Um, and, you know, I thought this was a good way that the government chose to honor this. Um, it also just felt very strange with the political climate in Spain the way it is at the moment. Look, I can't talk about the politics of Spain every time, but it's crazy over there. Um, okay. So that was the first event. Um, it kind of, it ran very similar to the event last year in that, uh, there were different speakers and, uh, different discussion, like different uh, events that took place within. Uh, one thing that was new this year and highly emotional is the Order of Civil Merit uh, was given to four doc, uh, four healthcare workers post. death. There is a word for it and I blanked. I'm so sorry. Um, homously, I think is the word. Um, and so King Felipe delivered those medals to those healthcare workers' families. And that was extremely emotional. Um, the first non-healthcare worker in Spain to be vaccinated was present. She's 97 years old. Um, and just like gave an impassioned call to young people to get vaccinated. Um, it was just wonderful. Um, there were some musical performances, which I don't think there were last year. Like it was, it was more hopeful. Um, and I think like I said, they announced the intention to make it more of an annual thing. I don't know how sustainable that is in all honesty, but like it does give me hope for, um, you know, that it'll be a beautiful recognition in time. Uh, certainly I don't know how that looks, but it could be something amazing. It is a beautiful ceremony. It's very, um, it's very Spain. It just, uh, still feels like maybe we shouldn't, I, I don't know, gather in large groups to uh, honor victims of a disease that is caused by gathering in long groups. I don't know. It, but this is not like, I don't have a royal problem with it. I have a government of Spain problem with it, in all honesty. Um, so anyway, that was the first thing. And then in a new addition to the calendar, uh, King Felipe held an audience with the new president of the Senate for Spain. 
So in the government shakeup that happened like Monday, uh, where new ministers were sworn in, the former president of the Senate is now the minister of justice. Um, and so there had to be a new president of the Senate who was, I think, officially installed maybe, uh, Wednesday. And his first official event was the homage ceremony. Um, and then had an audience with the King later that day. Um, so those were yesterday's events. And then Today, King Felipe and Queen Letizia met with some of the uh, Spanish Olympic team before they head out to Tokyo. Um, so this is something that is pretty normal. Um, they also visited the presidential residence office building. The president of Spain kind of has a similar uh, setup to the White House in that he lives in the place that he works out of. Um... And so the, uh, they met with various Olympic athletes, um, a, a weightlifter, uh, her name is Lydia, Lydia, Lydia Valentin. Um, she's the only one I kind of sort of recognized. Um, I don't, <laughs> I'm an American, so I I know so I will recognize a Spanish football player from a mile away at this point, but I don't think any of them were there. Uh, the Spanish basketball players are not there. They're weirdly in Vegas, which is confusing, um, before they go to Tokyo. Uh, so anyway, um, so they did that. And then later on today, it was announced that Queen Letizia has been vaccinated, received her first presumably her first dose. I don't know, uh, the vaccination process in Spain. I would assume it is her first dose unless they have one doses. Um, she was vaccinated today, uh, as well as the princess of Astorius was vaccinated today. Um, and so she, because she is going to study abroad next year, was able to receive a vaccination ahead of time. I assume this is probably like an entry requirement for UWC, um, is to be vaccinated by the time you arrive. Um, so she did that. Um, they are also, um, just very briefly, I talked about last week how I, there was an event, um, on Sunday with the Spanish Royal family on the 25th of, uh, in Galicia that I expected the girls to be at. And I was right. They are on the schedule for that event. Um, I am very excited. I'm, this is also maybe the first time I got it, like an assumption prediction, right? So that was exciting in and of itself. Um, but yeah, that is what was going on in Spain over the past couple of days. Uh, yay for more vaccinations. I love it. Um, and so with that, uh, we are going to end this episode as there has been nothing going on in Sweden. Um, and so I will talk to you all. I don't quite know if I'm going to record Sunday. I, I, I would assume I will talk to you all on Tuesday. I don't think there are any events scheduled over the next two days. So we'll do like a Monday episode and anything that may happen over the weekend. We do have the Faroe Islands, so that may be a little something. Um, 
but then beyond that will probably be at least every other day next week as well. Um, so with that, I will end this episode. I am updating the website, thedailyroyal.com, the Daily Royal on Instagram, and I will talk to you all after the weekend. Bye.